episode 30 of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children in the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, I do have Eva back. Uh, hi, Yay! Eva. <laughs> hi! <laughs> I know a couple of people asked what was going on, and I kind of told them that you were having hospital issues, so glad to mm-hmm. have you back. Thank uh, you. I'm glad to be back. This week, we are going to talk about a Christmas classic. Uh, everybody, I'm sure, has seen this at some point in time. It's aired. It's one of the longest-running Christmas specials. Every year it shows up. Uh, NBC has had this show. CBS has had this show. ABS, uh, ABC Family runs it. Uh, if, if those of you who can't figure out what I'm talking about, uh, it involves a 1939 uh, sales uh issue with or a booklet that came out for montgomery wards oh uh-huh uh, so if you're still not sure if this yeah. is the christmas classic rudolph the red-nosed reindeer all right one of my favorites definitely one of mine as well i i watched mm-hmm. this uh some of the radio djs out here in san diego dave shelley and chainsaw they mm-hmm. Dave loves this. Every year that it's on CBS, he sits there and he watches it and he analyzes it. He talks about <laughs> it on his on you know the morning show that they do with the DSC. Yeah, uh, you know I it's it's such a classic and it's such a favorite. Oh, uh, I've watched it every year for as long as I can remember. Probably since I was old enough to watch TV. I I I can't think of a Christmas that I didn't watch it, along with you know the other classic cartoons and other classic movies that we'll cover later but it just yeah I, I and it's one of those that like you never get tired of you look forward to it every year i look forward to all the christmas movies even though i've seen them god knows how many hundreds of times yeah. <laughs> you know it just it just it's one of those that's just so cute and endearing to me you know i know a lot of people have it's a wonderful life as being their favorite uh-huh. Uh-huh. This Rudolph is probably one of my favorites. It's up there in my top 10 for Christmas stuff. I agree. Me too. Me too. Uh, so let's kind of go a little bit about the background for this here. Uh, sure. Since obviously there has been so much that has sprung off from this. You know, we've, we've had mm-hmm. television specials, sequels, popular Christmas song. It's all spawned from Rudolph. Uh, yeah. So what happened here is that initially this started off a guy by the name of Robert L. May created Rudolph in 1939 as an assignment for Montgomery Wards. Uh-huh. Uh, what was happening was that Montgomery Wards, they had been buying, giving away coloring books every year for Christmas uh, mm-hmm. to kids. And they decided that, you know, why don't we, instead of buying somebody else's products, why don't we do our own? Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they thought, well, we'll do this and we'll save some money. Mm-hmm. So Robert May, uh, he considered, he created this, he came up with a reindeer, and he considered initially calling it Rollo or Reginald, and then he finally uh-huh. settled on the name Rudolph. So Rudolph kind of got stuck on this, and that's kind of how it became. There's actually books out there. You can still find them if you're a collector, uh, the coloring books. They're godly expensive, but you can find them out there if you look. Wow. Uh, yeah. Now, as for the song that became popular, uh, mm-hmm. that actually started off from Robert May's brother-in-law, Johnny Marks. Uh-huh. Uh, he basically took the song, or he took the story of Rudolph that Robert May had created, uh, mm-hmm. and he kind of adapted it into a song. And mm. later on, Gene Autry picked it up, and Gene Autry, uh, for those of you who don't know, Gene Autry is a very famous cowboy singer. You, yes. they, you know, him and Roy Rogers and, uh, uh-huh. you know, 
they used to sing and do a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, Disney Channel used to run them back in the eighties. So mm-hmm. actually, uh, to interject, I think Gene Autry was the mayor of Santa Rosa, California. At least I'm pretty sure it was Gene. I think he has a brother. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Gene Autry because I remember that he did have that background. Um, and I don't know exactly the years that he was the mayor, but I do remember I lived in Santa Rosa, uh, 2006, 2007, and I believe he was the mayor at that time. I would have to take your word for that. Cause I, yeah. I know a little bit about Gene Autry, but not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. I believe, I believe it was him. Yeah. I don't uh, know what his brother's name is, but that name sounds awfully familiar. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, with regards to Gene Autry singing this, uh, the song uh-huh. hit number one on the Billboard Pop Singles Chart the week mm-hmm. of Christmas, 1949. So the song has been around for a long time. A long time, uh, yeah. Audrey's recordings sold 2.5 million copies the first year, which is huge. Wow. I mean, that's huge wow. considering then. Uh, it sold. It has eventually sold about 25 million copies. Uh, it has remained the second best-selling record of all time all the way up through the 1980s. Wow. So kind of when you kind of think about this, this is an iconic Christmas song that we have heard since, you know, the early 40s. And it's kind of kept going. We still enjoy singing it now, you know, here in 2013. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I know. It's so crazy. Uh, now, a couple of things about this, too, is that when Rudolph first came out, there was a uh-huh. lot of. A, a lot of stipulations here and a lot of negative connotations with Rudolph. Uh, oh. The reason for this is being that Rudolph had a red nose. And yes. at that time, red noses were always associated with uh, chronic alcoholism because you used to see oh, people. Oh, yes. Uh, W.C. Fields was a, was a prime example of this. He always had that bulbous red nose. He had mm-hmm. the gin blossoms on his cheeks, you know, the red puffed uh, burst blood vessels from him. Uh, yes. So to see that, you know, a lot of people were thinking, "Oh, I don't know about having Rudolph with a with a shiny red nose." That's that's an yeah. alcohol stipulation, you know, or it a connotation of alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, so because of that, when Robert May came out with the idea of, of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the story idea was basically initially rejected. They were actually mm-hmm. not going to do it, and he kind of said, "You know what?" He he went to his illustrator and he says, "Do me a favor and draw some cute reindeer." And the illustrator was like, okay, they used some zoo deer, you know, like they went to the zoos and they looked at all the regular deer and they kind of drew up some, some models of that. Uh-huh. Uh, and they finally, he developed, it convinced management to kind of say, okay, you know what, let's go ahead with this idea of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We'll move forward with it. Mm-hmm. And it just became this huge, it, it exploded into, into what it is now. Yeah. Uh, now, as for the stop motion special. Okay. Mm-hmm. As for what mm-hmm. we are talking, what we're going to really talk about today, the special, the TV show that everybody loves, uh, this originally aired uh, Sunday, December sixth, nineteen sixty-four. Okay. Wow. So mm-hmm. you know, forty-nine years ago, we're coming up yeah. on forty-nine years. Wow. Uh, NBC actually ran it here in the U.S. Uh, it was wow. sponsored by General Electric at that time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it ran under the umbrella title of the General Electric Fantasy Hour, which mm-hmm. that's about right considering the the film itself is actually 51 minutes, or at least yeah. the version that runs nowadays is it, it's about an hour long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
special itself was based on the Johnny Marks song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, mm-hmm. uh, instead of the book itself, the, the coloring book, oh, I guess, oh. because there, was, there yeah. were some story changes between it. So what everybody knows of with Rudolph playing the reindeer games and being laughed at and everything, that's all based – this episode or this series, the special is all based upon uh, the, the song. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how they actually incorporated some of the words to the song inside of the movie. Yes. I, I, thought, I that thought that was, that was very well done with that. I, I did too. Uh, but this has actually aired – it's since 1972 – it's been running on CBS. CBS is still running it every year. I'm yep. sure that they will run it this year. I haven't seen anything for it yet, but I just haven't been looking. So check, yeah. your, check your TV guides. Well, I shouldn't say TV guides because TV guide really is not doing this anymore. But, uh, <laughs> you know, check your cable guides. Check online. See when it's going to be running here, when it's going to be airing mm-hmm. on CBS. Uh, yeah. Now, this originally was running once a year. Uh but it's actually become kind of like uh, Charlie Brown Christmas and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It no yeah. longer airs just once a year. Uh, yeah. It it actually runs several times throughout the Christmas and holiday season on mm-hmm. several different cable channels, most notably ABC Family with their 25 Days of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it This is another interesting point is that it has been telecast every year since 1964. Yeah. Making it the longest running Christmas TV special in history. Wow. Okay. And it is wow. one of the only, it is one of four that are still being telecast. And I'm, I'm going to emphasize telecast because telecast mm-hmm. means that it's being broadcast over the airwaves rather mm-hmm. than being mm-hmm. going through cable or satellite yeah. TV. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is only one of four 1960s Christmas specials still being telecast. The others being Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh huh. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes. And Frosty the Snowman. Yes. So mm-hmm. those are the big ones there that you'll hear about. We won't necessarily be covering all of those here, but just for you to have an idea, folks, there mm-hmm. are there are very few that are still running long as long as this one. Yes, and those are all the ones that I grew up with. Yes. All we, of yes, it's it's funny because and even in reality, my mother and father grew up on that. I mean. They were still children when those came out. It's just, it's crazy that it's been, the longevity has been so, you know, it's amazing. So let's go ahead here. We're going to jump into the cast itself so we can kind of talk mm-hmm. about who does what. Mm-hmm. Uh, start off here. We're going to start with Rudolph. Uh, of course. Rudolph was based, was uh, voiced by somebody named Billy Mae Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy was primarily known for voicing Rudolph in the various television specials. Uh, mm-hmm. But she also did the voice of, uh, for those of you who watched Care Bears, she did Tender Heart Bear and Bright Heart Raccoon in the Care oh. Bears movies and television series. I remember those. Yeah. So kind of makes us feel old, I know, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a bit. <laughs> uh, as for Santa Claus, Santa Claus was voiced by Stan Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was actually the last performance Stan did. Uh, but he was seen in some of the 50s television series like The Adventures of Tugboat Annie and Hawkeye and The Last of the Mohicans. Oh, so, wow. uh-huh. you know, kind of where Stan was there. Uh, as for the reindeer, uh, Stan as reindeer, they are all seen and mentioned by name. Uh, mm-hmm. All of them are voiced by Paul Kligman. Uh, uh-huh. We have he did Donner, Comet and Dasher. Neat. Uh, so you do see him showing up. Uh-huh. Uh, 
most importantly here, we do have Sam the Snowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Sam the Snowman, he's the narrator throughout the series. Uh, yeah. He was actually voiced by folk singer Burl Ives. Yes, and I never knew his name was Sam. Yes, it's actually, oh you see God. him like right at the very beginning, at the very, very really? beginning of it, he comes out and he says, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Sam, you know, and obviously he's a snowman walking through the snow there. And he starts talking about oh. Christmas Town, and, you know, better known as the North Pole. Uh, yeah. So you do get, he does say who he is. But here's the thing is that uh, he actually, he, because they use Burl Lives, he actually did a song here. Uh, Johnny Marks wrote it, same person who wrote uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, uh-huh. He did a Holly Jolly Christmas, and that's basically become a Christmas standard in its own right, coming off yeah. of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It, it first mm-hmm. aired in this special. So here's a little tidbit that, you know, Burl Ives has, again, popularized Christmas songs by doing a Holly Jolly Christmas. Yes. Uh, now, some of the other films that we have seen uh, Burl Lives in, uh, he was in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, East of Eden, and mm-hmm. uh, the Disney classic So Dear to My Heart. Okay. Oh, okay. So he's he's kind of been around. Burl's, Burl had quite a bit before he passed. Yeah, he uh, did. Next person we have, Hermie. Uh, Hermie uh-huh. is the little elf that we see that wants to be a dentist. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was kind of cute. A little annoying at times, but cute. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hermes was voiced by a guy named Paul Souls. Uh, now, oh, okay. Paul has had actually a lot under his belt. He he's had quite a bit of acting, not so much in front of the camera that you would recognize, mm-hmm. uh, but he was he was probably best known in voice acting circles uh, for playing Peter Parker and Spider Man in the original '60s version of the Spider Man cartoons. Oh wow. Um, and he also did have a small role in the 2008 version of The Incredible Hulk. Oh. Uh, so if you if you want to look and you want to look through the cast and see who he is, he does show up in The Incredible Hulk. Very cool. Uh, as for Yukon Cornelius, Yukon Cornelius is the prospector that we see who's so desperate to find silver and gold going throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is voiced by a guy named Larry D. Mann. Uh-huh. Uh, Larry has... He actually has had quite a few different roles. Uh, he showed up in several different roles on Disney's Wonderful World of Color. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also was in the movie The Sting as the train conductor. And mm-hmm. he showed up as Harv in the TV Western series Shane. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Uh, last person I have here. Well, actually, two more people. Uh, we uh-huh. have the elf foreman. Uh, he uh-huh. was voiced by Carl Bonas. Uh, uh-huh. He's that kind of like, he's the little short fat round guy that has the goatee yes uh, uh-huh really kind of annoying you know just wow Very annoying. you know yeah yeah uh condescending he, I, yeah i didn't like him yeah he he actually was created to look a lot like uh popular song leader mitch miller uh who mitch miller oh. was a band he was a band leader uh back in the 60s uh uh-huh. he also begins by using lord swelk's famous introduction and a one, and a two, and a three, before conducting the yes. elves in the songs. Ah. Uh, now, Carl was also one of these people who showed up in the Spider-Man cartoon series. Uh, mm-hmm. He voiced characters like the Scorpion, Kotep, uh, Doctor Manta, various other characters. Uh, mm-hmm. He was also additional voices on the Babar cartoon series and the Wonderful World of Richard Scarry. Okay. So for those of you who have kids who who might have seen that or you might have seen it as a kid. I'm sure I did. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, last person I want to bring up here is Fireball. Yeah. Uh, Fireball is one of – he's one of the young bucks that's kind of a friend of Rudolph's, kind of makes fun of him. He's the one who discovers that Kind Rudolph, of a friend, yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, he's voiced by Alfie Scott, uh, mm-hmm. who also voices all the other reindeer, as mm-hmm. well as the Charlie on the box on the Island of Misfit Toys. Okay. Now, Alfie – I did not know that. I did not make that connection at all. This is this is the talent of voice actors, I will say. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh Alfie has some note here because he was on the original Howdy Doody show. He was Clarabelle the Clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for anybody who might have who might have seen Howdy Doody back in the fifties or might have seen old recordings of Howdy Doody, uh, mm-hmm. Alfie played on there. Uh, he also, again, also like Paul Souls and uh, Carl Bonas, he also was uh, some of the additional characters on the Spider-Man cartoon series of the sixties. Mm-hmm. And he played as Avram in Fiddler on the Roof. I'll be darned. Mm-hmm. So kind of getting around again. I know I'm stretching with some of this here, trying to find some of these links, because these are a lot of older films that many of us probably haven't ever seen. But they yeah. are some classics that you guys really should watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go ahead here. We're going to pause. and We're going to do our Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game. All righty. Uh, so I'm going to let you try and pull anybody out of here. Try and stump me. Okay. The girl who played Clarice. Okay. I did not get her name down here, unfortunately, and I apologize for this. <laughs> but I can still do it because she was with Burl Ives uh-huh. and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Exactly. Burl Ives was with Liz Taylor in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. That's right. I like okay. that movie. Liz, Liz Taylor was with Rick Moranis in The Flintstones. Rick yep. Moranis was with Steve Martin in My Blue Heaven. And mm-hmm. Steve was with Kevin Bacon in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes! Ta-da! Oh my God. That, was, that was six, wasn't it? Uh, let me see. That one, was six jumps. Two. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, actually. It was five. Oh, awesome. So I cannot stump you. It is certainly possible. So. <laughs> okay, how about, how about Herbie? Uh, uh, well, I'll do Paul Herbie Souls. Again. I'll go Paul Souls to Burl Ives to Liz Taylor to. Well, no, I think we should, I think we should make a rule that you can only <laughs> pick the same actor once, not doing it twice, because then you definitely beat me. See, you gotta, but that's you that's how you do connect. some of these because you have to use certain connections, and you know that. I know, I know, but. <laughs> I'm That's sure if I enough. I'm sure if I looked under the Spider-Man one, it'll be uh-huh. it'll be fine. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'd I have to look there. And I'd have to look under the Spider-Man cartoon series because it's been a while since I haven't looked at all the voice actors, but I'm sure I can find links from there. Oh, so. totally. I'm just thinking, you know, I need a way to stump you. So that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you got to find some way to do it, and you're just not going to do it anytime soon. I'm just not going to do it. Nope. Uh, I'm catching on to what you're doing. So yes. I just have to, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so let's let's go into the plot a little bit here about what happens. For those of you who have not seen it, if you haven't, you guys have been living in a cave for the past, you know, no kidding. years. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, we start off, the first thing we see is we see Sam, and he comes out and he talks about Christmas Town. Uh-huh. He talks about seals and he talks about Santa's castle that's out in, in North Pole. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of starts in about, 
well, haven't you guys ever heard about how we didn't almost have Christmas and it was all saved due to, due to well, a really famous reindeer? Yes. And it kind of starts off at that point. We see – it comes in. We see that Donner's wife has just given birth to a baby fawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they name him Rudolph, and the two are shocked to discover when he stands up that his nose is red and shiny, and it starts glowing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Did they ever discuss or mention what Donner's wife's name, the mother, Rudolph's mother, was? Like, what her name was? Because I'm thinking to myself, I know he was Donner's son, but I don't remember the mother's name being mentioned. Nope, it was never mentioned. It yeah. was just Donner's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We do see Santa Claus coming to visit and see the fawn for the first time. They uh-huh. see the nose, and he says, "You know what? That nose. He's going to be unqualified to pull my sleigh if he you know, if he carries this trade out." And so it's kind of like, "Oh yeah. boy!" So yeah. Donner, Donner, and his parent, you know, Donner and his wife, they decide they're going to try and conceal it. Yeah. And about a year later, uh, he takes him out and. Uh, takes them to participate in the reindeer games, and this is where they're first learning to fly. Where they're, yeah, they're you know they're learning to be reindeer in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And while he's there, Rudolph meets Fireball. Uh, mm-hmm. They quickly become friends. The pair mm-hmm. do see a group of does, and they're kind of like, "Hey, they're kind of cute," you know. Check out yeah. Clarice, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Clarice kind of takes an interest in Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they start talking, and and Clarice says. You know, I think you're cute. And Rudolph immediately starts leaping into the air. Cute. She thinks I'm cute. And they're bouncing around. And, you know, he's all happy about this. He's he's ecstatic that a girl finds him cute. Yeah. And That and, was so cute. He's like, yeah. he said, I'm cute. I'm cute. And then he, like, flew. Like, <laughs> that was so cute. He was so excited because yep. I'm sure his self-esteem was low because of his nose, you know. Yep. And, Feeling and like course, a misfit. What happens for this is that the cover pops off. Everybody sees yes. his glowing red nose. They're like, "Oh my yeah. god!" You know, you know. E- even uh, Prancer's kind of like, "Oh my god!" You know, "Whoa, hold on a second. I can't. I can't deal with this. I can't deal with a, a kid who's got a red nose. It's freaking me out." No, you yeah. gotta go away. You're not gonna ever be able to pull Santa's sleigh. Yeah. Now I have a question. Was the I know that he had the the cover on his nose during the reindeer games. Did they start off? I think that in the beginning they just covered his nose with soot, right? Yes. They initially they covered it with dirt, and then he started making his nose glow, and it burned off the soot, burned uh, off the dirt. So yeah. then they uh-huh. actually put a cover on and all that. Uh, yeah, and his, and his voice started sounding so different and so cute once he had that little nose on. It's not very comfortable. It was no. so cute. He had a plug nose. <laughs> oh, he did, and it was so cute how the how the actor portrayed that. I just oh, I loved it. Now we see all this. Rudolph gets ridiculed. He decides that he's going to run away from home. And yes. while all of that is going on, at uh-huh. the same time, we are introduced to Hermie. Yes. Uh, Hermie is a member of Santa's elves. And mm-hmm. he basically doesn't want to be an elf. He's causing backups on the line. You know, he's slowing things down. And uh-huh. he he kind of says to the foreman, he goes, you know, I don't want to be an elf. I want to be a dentist. Well, yeah. that's all right. What? A dentist? No, no, no. You know, get back to work. You're, you're going to be an elf and that's it, you know. Yeah. So Hermie also decides to run away. Yeah. And he, he and Rudolph meet up together. They actually bump into each other in a snowbank and – the pair mm-hmm. decide they're going to set off together and be independent. Yes, and be misfits together. I love this song. You know, they sing about being misfits, but it was kind of sad at the same time, too. But it was nice that 
they kind of bonded over being different. But, yes. you know, it's kind of like, for me, if I were to sing about, you know, I'm a misfit, I don't fit in, it's not necessarily a happy song, but, you know. They, they took they pride seemed, in it. They, they did. And that, and that, I liked that. It was kind of a subliminal message there. I did like that, that, you know, it's okay to be different, you know? Yeah. It was, that was a good thing. That's a, that's a life lesson that everybody should pick up. You know, Absolutely. Just cause you're different doesn't mean you're bad. Exactly. Uh, different is good. Different now, is good. Along the way, after they meet up, they, they take off and they start running away and they come across the abominable snow monster. And in the process of coming along with the abominable snow monster, they meet Yukon Cornelius. Yes. Uh, and Yukon Cornelius, he is a prospector throughout the north. He is constantly looking for silver and gold. Yes. And this prompts Burl Ives to go off and sing a song about silver and gold, silver and gold. You know. Yeah. And you see that? That was. I, I thought that was kind of cute. Uh, the song to me was kind of annoying, but you know uh -huh. it was what it was. Uh, now, as for Yukon, Yukon does tell them, you know, Yukon Cornelius does tell them, you know, hey, we got to get away from the snow monster. Yeah. The snow monster basically is this giant Yeti-like creature with a bunch of teeth and, you know, towers over them. Uh-huh. And for some reason, Yukon Cornelius calls it a bumble. Uh-huh. He calls right. the bumble snowman. I, I don't know if this is because he thinks that he's bumbling or what, but... You know, they end up getting away on an iceberg. They float away, and he tells them, you know, I, I want to show you the one the one bad thing about uh, Bumbles. Bumbles sink, you know, and he ends up falling yes. off into the water and sinking and climbing back out. Uh, as they are floating off on their iceberg, they float through the ocean, and they crash into an island. Mm -hmm. And in the process of crashing into the island, they're, they find out that they're on the island of misfit toys. That's right. Which uh, I thought was cute. I thought it was kind of cute here when they first meet up and they, they see everybody and you see what appears to be a jack-in-the-box popping up and going, you know, who are you? You know, well, you, you know, we're misfits. We want to stay here. And he's like, well, you'll have to go talk to the king. And when they first meet this jack-in-the-box, they go, you know, he goes, my name is. And Rudolph goes, wait, I think I know what your name is. You're jack-in-the-box, so you must be yeah. Jack. And yeah. the line is, no. My name is Charlie. Yeah. You know, nobody wants a Charlie in the box. I thought he was cute. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it was cute, yeah. but it kind of made, it was like, oh, you know, you kind of felt bad for him. That yes. He was this misfit that nobody wants, you know. And yeah. You do see I the misfits. The other. Uh -huh, I'm sorry. Oh, they, they all have their songs. They sing about why they're there. Yeah. There is... The, there's the dolly for Sue, the fish, the, yes. the, the uh, bird that swims, the choo-choo yes. with square wheels. The water pistol that shoots jelly. That's one of my favorites. I, I would have loved that toy. Oh, so would I. <laughs> <laughs> the cowboy riding an ostrich. I would have loved that one. The train with square wheels. The polka dot elephant. I would have totally had the polka dot elephant. Yeah. You, know? you know, I know a lot of kids who would have wanted those. Oh, totally. You know, it's... It, it's it was cute, but yeah, my favorite was the water pistol with the jelly. I, <laughs> I would have liked that. Well, the king, the king basically says, you know, he they're living there on the island so that they can find homes, and he says, you know what, I'll let yeah. you stay the night, but mm -hmm. you guys don't fit in with an island full of toys. You're not toys. Yeah. You're real people. So you yeah. kind of need to leave. And he, he's he's nice about it, but he basically kicks them off the island. Yeah, wasn't his name King Moonraiser? Was that his name? King Moonraiser, yes. He's a winged yeah, lion. I, 
I yeah, I thought that was weird that it was a lion as a king because wasn't there? Oh, well, I'm thinking Lion King, but I thought there was another, oh, like another reference to a lion being a king somewhere. I can't remember. Maybe it was just Lion King, but yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, he was nice, but it was only to a point. Well, now here's something else interesting that I I didn't mention earlier is that. The guy who did the voice of Santa Claus was also King Moonracer. So if you I listen was gonna closely, say, yes. it's the same voice. Yes, I thought so, and I couldn't put it together, but I thought this voice sounds very familiar. Yep. Now, at the end of this, when, when they're being pushed off the island, Rudolph basically says, you know, I'm going to take off and leave my friends alone because the abominable snowman keeps chasing me because of my nose. Uh-huh. So he takes off to to keep his friends from being chased after and he kind of goes and he makes some friends and he keeps getting rejected because of his glowing nose. Um, mm-hmm. He finally says, you know what, I, I'm going to go home. He returns to his cave to find out that his parents, along with Clarice, everybody's uh-huh. out searching for him, trying to find yeah. out where he is. Uh-huh. And so he says, well, you know what, I'm going to set out and try and find my family. Uh, mm-hmm. In the process of doing so, he discovers that the abominable snow monster has captured mm-hmm. all of his friends and family. And the abominable mm-hmm. snowmanster plans to eat them. Oh, uh, huh. So I thought he was cute. I thought yeah. that I was like, oh my god, the abominable snowman is cute. <laughs> Big fluffy thing, and I, I will yeah. say that he does get cute later on. He uh, does with his teeth taken out. Yeah, yeah, because you know Hermie and Yukon Cornelius, they arrive, they hatch a plan that they're gonna they're gonna lure him out by you know making a pork roast type noise, you know. Yes. And Hermie's out there, oink, oink, and he goes, put some gusto into it. Oink, 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 oink. <laughs> you know, I, just, I was kind of laughing hilarious. about that. Oh, that was funny. Uh, <sighs> but they managed to knock the snow monster unconscious. And as you mentioned, Hermie pulls mm-hmm. all of his teeth, being the dentist, you know, actually doing a dentist act. Uh, Rudolph awakens. He discovers that, you know, uh, that the beast is blocking the entrance to the cave. And mm-hmm. Yukon Cornelius and his sled dogs chase the snow monster off of a cliff. They uh-huh. jump onto the snow monster before the whole group falls over, and boom, they fall yeah. over the edge. Yep. And so you think, oh, you know, he's dead and all that. He's and dead, yeah. We're never going to see Yukon Cornelius again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudolph and Hermie decide, well, we're going to go home with our families, you know. Yeah. They get home. They find that uh, they're not really being mar- mocked by their peers uh-huh. uh, because they're embraced for the differences. Big one being Hermie. His foreman goes, oh, I have a toothache. And Hermie goes, you know what? You're going to need an appointment. Come in and see yes. me a week from Tuesday. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah. You know, uh, and so we kind of see that. And then Yukon Cornelius, he actually returns back. He shows back up with the abominable snow monster uh, uh-huh. who he's actually said, you know, he's tame now. I've taught him a couple of things. Look what he can do. He can yeah. put the star on the Christmas tree without needing a ladder. <laughs> that was so cute. And he was all smiling and proud of him. That was so cute. Yes. Now He had a job. Yeah, it was it was good. Everybody had their place. Everybody had a place where they fit in, which was great. Yes, I loved that. I loved that. The subliminal messages in this movie, you know, I, it wasn't necessarily obvious to me as a kid growing up. But as I got to watch it, you know, especially with my girls, it just was like, you know, this is a really good movie for, you know, being a teachable moment in terms of accepting people and, and yes. embracing your differences and, you know, just being kind to others and just, you know, there's so many messages in this movie. Oh, yeah. 
And we do see that because of those differences that Rudolph has, it uh-huh. actually allows him to help out because just before Christmas, a huge snow blizzard blows in uh-huh. and it basically threatens to cancel Samuel's, Santa's annual journey because yeah. it's so foggy. It's so heavy with the blizzard. He can't see anything. Yep. And about that point, Rudolph's nose starts lighting up and he's like, aha, I have an idea. Yeah. Rudolph, mm-hmm. you pull the sleigh. Yep. Uh, and so Rudolph leads the team, uh, you know, he takes off and they lead the team and Mm -hmm. the group then sets off to deliver presents. Now, this is how it ends. Basically it it ends here in the 1964 version that first aired Uh showed Rudolph leaving and Yukon Cornelius, he falls over in the snow Yes. And if you notice that there was some bits where he would fall over in the snow, his ice pick would stick in, and then he'd pull yeah. it out and he'd lick it and he'd go, nope, nothing. Yes. Well, uh-huh. at the very end, you know, he falls over, his ice pick lands in the snow, he picks it up, he sniffs it, licks it, and goes, peppermint. I found a peppermint mine. <laughs> you know, this is even yep. better than silver and gold. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be rich. And it's it's great. You know, that's where the story ends with 1964. Yeah. Uh, now, what did happen here after it aired the first time, there were so uh-huh. many people and so many kids that wrote in that were uh-huh. saying, well, whatever happened to the Misfit Toys? We're not happy with this because yeah. they didn't do anything with Misfit Toys. Well, after it aired in 1964, uh, mm-hmm. they went back and uh, they visited the Island of Misfit Toys again. Mm-hmm. And it shows them they actually had to film a new short scene that ended yeah. up in which Santa and his reindeer, led by Rudolph, they land on the island, pick up all the toys uh, to find homes for them. Uh-huh. And that has ever since then, that's been the standard version that everybody sees. Yeah. Okay. So at the very end, you do see things like, you know, you see the choo-choo being dropped off. You see the bird uh, that flies down. You uh-huh. see all of that. That was not originally added in the very initial version that ran. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, so – couple of other things here, trivia-wise. Uh, when the film was first released in 1964, everybody was so fascinated uh, by the technology of using an articulated metal armature inside the figures. So basically like a ball and joint type thing to move them around. I was wondering about that. Okay. I was wondering was if it was claymation, puppeteering. It, yeah. it is puppeteering. It's basically what they did is that they took like – ball bearings and kind of jointed them together so that yeah. they could move these things around. And this mm-hmm. is actually kind of a standard that you'll see within most uh, stop motion animation films is that yeah. there's there's claymation, what they call claymation, and then there's stop motion animation. And since I used to do some of the stuff here for fun, I kind of really? know what they were doing. Uh, yeah. Basically what they call ball and joint is think of it being like the ball in your hip, like your ball and joint socket in your hip, is that yeah. the end of your hip bone has a knuckle on there, and it's in the joint. And it's moving around. So it allows quite a bit of movement. Well, the same sort of thing is what's happening in these uh, in these models, is that they have a ball and joint in there that they can move around so that they can position it and get it to stop in a certain position to take the picture. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, this was thought to be completely totally technologically new. So TV Guide runs, uh, they devoted four pages to the story of the fact that this is brand new technology. Yeah. It wasn't. 
Oh. Okay. The reason it was, it was because 31 years before this, uh-huh. a little-known guy here who recently passed away, a guy uh-huh. by the name of Harry uh, Ray Harryhausen. Okay. Uh-huh. Ray uh-huh. Harryhausen actually pioneered this technology for the movie King Kong. I did okay. not know that. So yeah, it's it's one of these things. King they used it in King Kong. Uh, they used mm-hmm. the stop motion animation for uh, Clash of the Titans for Jason oh, and my the Argonauts. God. Uh, I didn't even think of that. Seven Voyages of Sinbad. So all these things that came yeah. well before Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. That's so, so cool. A lot of the ball and joint technology. It's been around for a long time. Very uh, long time. But people thought, oh, this is brand new technology for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. No, uh-huh. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Learn something new every day. Yes. So <laughs> uh, a couple of other things here is that this is a big one. I know that the radio DJs here, uh, like I said, Dave Rickards of Dave Shelling Chainsaw, he lives for this because so many people call in every year and they try to stump him with questions from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, really? And – Apparently, everybody seems to think here in San Diego that the dolly for Sue, the the uh-huh. little red-haired dolly that you see, that she cries square tears. They all think that. She never cries. She never uh-huh. cries in the version that we see. Um, I could have sworn there was a scene where she cried. And that's what you think. But she never cries to where you see tears coming off of her. I could have sworn I saw tears. Yep. But everybody Mm -hmm. thinks that she does. So they think that she cries Mm -hmm. square tears, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, what it actually is, everybody thinks that that's her problem. And there's been a huge debate that's raged on for decades uh, until recently Rankin Bass stepped out and said, you know what, we're going to decide the issue. Yeah. Dolly is a misfit because she has psychological problems. She really? feels unloved. Oh my god, there was nothing else physically wrong with her? Nope, she was she was messed up in the head. <laughs> you know, come to think of it, she didn't look abnormal in any way. But I could have sworn in the version that I have that she cried tears. Nope. You can I'll go back damned. and I know, I know that you're going to be watching this again and everybody's oh, going to be watching and looking for this to see. <laughs> so, I mean, there are two versions of this movie though, right? Yes. The the, so the original version, the original version, was was everything the same except they added on the misfit toys scene at the very end where Santa picks them up. Oh, That's the only difference. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm gonna be looking. I could have sworn she cried. Yep. I'll be damned. <laughs> uh, now, as for the animations themselves, this is kind of interesting. The mm-hmm. animations themselves were filmed in Japan. And oh. so this may be part of the reason why, if you start watching it, a lot of the mouth movements don't match up with what's being said. I noticed that, yes. Uh, okay. The entire soundtrack, however, you know, all the cast members recording, the music and everything, all of that was done in a studio uh, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Oh, wow. And most of the singing and speaking cast were Canadian. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is, yeah. Uh, now, the face of Sam the Snowman, uh, it was intentionally designed 
to look like Burl Ives. I thought so because the mustache and everything. I was like, this yep. is so meant to look like Burl Ives. Yeah. yeah. Burl Not Ives like- had that distinctive almost handlebar mustache and, you know, the little goatee yes. on him. Uh-huh. Almost spot on. I, I love that. Even as a kid, I was like, okay, a snowman with a, you know, goatee and a mustache, weird. And then as I got older, I was like, okay. And I knew who Burl Ives was because as a kid, I didn't. I'm like, uh-huh, Burl Ives. That's kind of paying homage. Very cool. Well, I, I will tell you that this is kind of an ongoing thing. Like with Santa Claus Comes to Town, they have uh-huh. they have a guy who's who's walking around there in the very beginning, a narrator there. Uh, that uh-huh. narrator looks like um, Fred Astaire, I believe it is. I, I have to yeah. go back and look at it. To be honest, I don't remember off the top of my head. But that's mm-hmm. because the guy who was voicing it was Fred Astaire. Very uh, cool. Um, as for when they did, I want to say it was Frosty Returns, which really yeah, sucked. Uh, the narrator that they had in that one uh, looked a lot like Andy Griffith. John, uh, Andy Griffith. Which, yeah. gee, oh, that's right. Andy Griffith did do the narration for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That was an awful. I did not like that remake or that sequel. I because of that, I don't want to cover it. So yeah. we probably won't, folks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. A uh, couple of other things that I did pick up. Billy Mae Richards, uh, who voiced Rudolph, and Paul Souls, uh, who voiced Hermes, uh, Hermie, they lived in the same Ontario retirement community uh, during the years before Billy uh, Billy Mae Richards passed away. Uh-huh. So they they kind of knew each other. They knew that they were there, and they were kind of like, "Oh wow, you know, nice to see you again," type thing. Yeah, that is neat. Uh, one other bit of notice here. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to catch any of the names of any of the misfit toys on the island? Yes. Um, okay. Well, Sue, right? Nope. Was it all? Nope. Um, the dolly was, was for a girl named Sue. Oh, okay. Um, let me see on my notes because I might have written it down. Um, Charlie from Charlie in the Box, right? Yep. Um, let me see. Um, polka dot elephant. I wrote down cowboy. With, they introduced them as just like cowboy that rides an ostrich. Right. Where None we of have- the other characters. The only one that has a proper first name is the Charlie in the box. The Charlie in the box. You're None right. None of yeah, the, the others have a first name. Yeah. Was that intentional? Yes, it was. I'll be damned. Do you know what the reason was? I That I don't. I think it was just maybe for, uh, cut for time or something like that. I was thinking that. I was thinking that the, maybe they just figured it would be kind of pointless to mention the names. But yeah, you're right. It was only Charlie. I thought that the doll was named Sue, but now coming back to it, yeah. How now, funny. Another thing here is that back in 2007, uh-huh. uh, the original puppets of Santa and the young Rudolph from the 64 production they went on tour. Uh, oh. What had happened was that this guy found them, and he bought them, and they were in such horrible condition. Uh, Santa actually had mold growing under his beard. Half oh. of his mustache was gone. Rudolph's uh-huh. red nose was gone. Oh. Uh, the the owner who bought them, he took them to the Stop Motion Animation Studios, Screen Novelties International, and said, uh-huh. would you please restore them? Let me know what the cost is. They said, you know what, we're going to do this as a labor of love. They respond. Oh. They restored it for the expenses only for what it cost them to restore it, which was $4,000. Wow. Okay. Now, the puppets originally cost $5,000 a piece in 1964. Wow. 
So what? it kind of oh, gives you an God. idea. Yeah. <laughs> These guys said, you know, Five we're just going to do it for parts and that's it. We want to have this wow. because that way they could put their name on it. And I think it's wonderful that they did this. That is wonderful. God, $5,000 back in the 60s. Yeah. What is that? Like, I don't know, about 50 grand, 25 grand maybe? Probably. I mean, you, oh. there's a huge inflation rate from that. Yes. So, wow. I mean, these these things are definitely expensive. Yeah. Know? So, well, I think that about wraps it up unless you have something else that you want to add in here for this. I just want to say – you know, again, I love this movie. My children love this movie. And I love the song. I remember singing it, you know, every year, probably, you know, since preschool age. Just It's just something yeah. I remember going, going to school and me and my friends would sing it. And then, you know, at the, you know there's been changes to it, you know, oh, yeah. a little, little add-ins or whatever. And every year it seemed to change. But I, the basic song has just, it's been a part of my life for all of my life and it's just something i remember clearly at christmas time singing with my friends at school it's yeah, just it's, and it's just such a fun song and like i don't is. know anybody who doesn't know the song you know i mean i know unless they unless they're coming from you know another country even mm-hmm. then people still know rudolph it, it's weird i we've had <laughs> I, i've had japanese foreign exchange students that have stayed with us and they've been here you know around christmas time and they love christmas time mm-hmm. uh, but they come here and they they know they hear the song and they start singing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer in Japanese. It's it's the weirdest thing. Oh wow, yeah. But it's it's really cool to see it, you know, and to hear them and they it's just it's one of these things that no matter what culture you're from, people seem to know Rudolph. It's a fixture. Yes. I'm just curious how the Japanese sang Rudolph because they get, they don't pronounce ours, right? It was – I don't remember to be honest. I think that they translated <laughs> it. It might have been Ludolf. Yeah. I mean but it's still – it was still really nice to see it and the fact that they that were nice. into it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that about wraps us up here. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this episode of Talking About My Generation. Uh, mm-hmm. Please feel free to leave us feedback. Uh, you can do that on iTunes. We really would appreciate people going there and leaving us feedback on iTunes. Just, you know, tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. Uh, if, you know, you think that we sound horrible, tell us. Let us know. Yeah. Feedback is good, you know. Feedback is good. Uh, yep. You can also send us a tweet. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T. I am at Mommy of 3 c Girls. Okay. Uh, you can also send us an email at MyGenerationPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can visit us on uh, MyGenerationPodcast.com. Uh, you can go see us. Or you can touch base with us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. Very cool. Uh, so we will go ahead and we will sign off this episode with Burl Ives' version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. What do you recall? The most famous reindeer of all. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph 
joining any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shining nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph Joining any reindeer games Then one foggy Christmas Eve Santa came to say Rudolph, with your nose so bright Won't you guide my sleigh tonight Then how the reindeer loved him As they shouted out with glee Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history You'll go down in history 